0: Carol McLeod describes herself as a girl who is head over heels in love with Jesus, passionately addicted to his word. It's something that we believe you're going to hear come through in our conversation today. Carol is a prolific author who teaches God's word to women all over the world. Her 16th book, which released last year, is Timeless, The Living and Enduring Word of God. Carol Welcome back to the Morning Conversation.
1: I always love being with you. We we have incredible conversations, don't we? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I was totally looking forward to today as well. So again, thanks for, for taking the time. What was a highlight for you in 2023?
1: Well, Stan, I had two highlights in 2023. The first one was I got to go to Israel. I got to teach the word of God in Israel, like where Paul taught. Of course, it was a bucket list item for a girl like me who loves the word on the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus called Peter. Peter by name. So that was a highlight. Then the other highlight, I went to my 50th high school reunion (gasps) and I connected with those kids that we knew each other when we were young, still had a spring in our step. I still have a sparkle in my eye, but oh, it just touched a deep place in me. I got to encourage people who were discouraged. I just, you know, took joy and peace and hope. And it was an epic weekend. And I'm just forever grateful for those people that God used in my life so long ago. So those are my two highlights of 2023.
0: Yeah. Isn't it sobering? We haven't had a class reunion for a while for me, but you start seeing where life choices have taken people and the impact it had. I mean, you talked about a sparkle in your eye, which you absolutely do have because uh, of the reality of Jesus in you, right? But there are some people I'm sure that you kind of knew back then that didn't walk with God over the years, don't know Jesus to this day, and just the difference that it's made in the in life.
1: Absolutely. You can see that. You know, Stan, one of the things we did is I was on the planning committee, and one of our classmates pastors a very vibrant church in the area where we graduated from high school. So I said at the first reunion meeting, hey, let's put on the invitation for those of you who would want to, you can go to Eric Olson's church on Sunday morning. And Stan, we had about 50 classmates there. Some of them haven't been to church since they were children. And it was one of the highlights of the reunion for all of us. And Eric, of course, he knew we were coming and he preached a great sermon about hope and living well at the end of your life. So I don't know. You you know, Stan, I just love in a whimsical, genuine way, taking the joy of Jesus everywhere I go. There's nothing like it. There's no home there's no trip to hawaii there's no jewel that could ever fulfill a human being the way serving the lord with just sincere enthusiasm will fulfill you
0: carol you know every year on mybridge radio we have a spiritual focus so our focus in 2024 we're really going to be talking about the challenging the, the mybridge radio family to spend 1% of their day which is 15 minutes Intentionally investing in their spiritual growth, right? Daily spiritual investment. Just one percent of your day and the impact that it could make. I would love to hear kind of a little bit about your journey of like when did you begin to spend intentional time investing in your spiritual growth on a daily basis?
1: Yes, Dan, so it was when I was just a little girl, um, my dad was a general of the faith and he would get up every morning five, five thirty, and be downstairs in the kitchen reading his Bible. And I would go downstairs and And he would write out scripture verses for me on little pieces of paper. We would read them and and talk about them and discuss them. Growing up, we had a blackboard that hung on the wall beside the kitchen table. And every Saturday night, my dad would write a new scripture there. By the next Saturday night, we were expected to have memorized it. Since I was a, a small girl, I have loved the Bible. So fast forward, I'm 22 years old, just graduated from Christian University. My fiance, who became my husband, and I were apart that summer, every day when I saw the mail came to the post office across the street from our house, I'd run across to see if there was a letter from Craig. And the Holy Spirit stopped me in my track one day and he said, Carol, do you long to hear from me the way you long to hear from Craig? That was a turning point moment for me that I not only read the word, but I loved the word. All my life. And then, Stan, you know, part of my story, I spent many, many years in a deep, dark depression. I uh, would get pregnant and lose the baby at between 12 and 20 weeks. And that was the tipping point for years of depression for me. And I went to see my medical doctor. I went to a counselor. But Stan, I'm telling you the truth. It was the Word of God that delivered me from that deep, dark place. To your listeners, if you're depressed, go see your doctor, find a Christian counselor, but never forget the power of Scripture. You know, it says in the Word of God, it says in Psalm 107, that He sent His Word to heal our diseases. And I take the Word for what it says, and the Word has a healing power, that will restore broken places in us. So that's been my journey with the Word. And of course, now I, I live to teach the Word. It's my last thought at night and my first thought in the morning. I dream about teaching the Word.
0: Carol, you were just talking about the, the impact that getting into the Word of God had on you in the, all of your life, but specifically during a time of deep depression that God used it in a profound way. So talk about that a little bit more specifically in the sense of how, like what impact did you experience? How did God engage you in the word? How did that word actually pull you out of that depression that you were in?
1: Yeah, I was pretty desperate, Stan. I got out of bed in the morning because I did have two children and I wanted to be a good mom. I was not a good wife during those years. I was not a good pastor's wife during those years. I was not a good friend, but my dad reminded me Of the power of the word and he encouraged me that regardless of how i felt to stay in the word because stan when you're depressed you don't feel like opening your bible you feel like binge watching netflix you feel like eating chocolate you you know you you have you feel like staying in bed but my dad would remind me and you know what he did stan every morning they, they lived about 10 minutes from us he'd bring me a card with a scripture verse written on it every morning, just like he did when I was a little girl. And so, you know, if you are depressed, listen, you don't have to read Leviticus. You don't have to read 10 chapters. Take one verse and just meditate on it and think about it throughout the day. Stan, when I was so depressed and I realized that the word was doing something in me, I would do the dishes with the Bible open on the kitchen counter. I would fold laundry with the Bible open on the dryer. I would play Legos with my little boys with the Bible opened on my lap. Stan, I was so addicted to the Word at that time, and I still am, that I would write Bible verses on three by five cards and laminate them and take them in the shower with me. So I was never away from the power of the Word of God. So again, I want to say... You don't have to gulp it down when you're in a dark place. Chew on it. Savor it. Read the 23rd Psalm. Read the Gospel of John. Be gentle to yourself, but open your Bible because there's a healing power in the Word word that will touch you deeply.
0: So, Carol, I know that as God engaged you through His Word, as you were kind of walking through those dark places of depression, and there was just a general blessing from being in the Word regularly. Could you share maybe a specific time or verse that God used in in a significant way to kind of bring hope, bring light, bring perspective for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to preface it by saying this, Stan, when you go to the gym, you don't expect to have all your flab turn into muscle the first day, right? (laughs) You realize it's going to be a process, but in three or four weeks of discipline, you think, what? My clothes are fitting better. Well, it's the same way with the Word of God. Just a sweet, simple discipline every day. And in three weeks, you're going to say, what? I I didn't snap at my mother. What happened to me? Well, the word happened to you. What? I didn't yell at my kids. What happened to me? Well, the word happened to you. So the word will do an internal work. But Stan, I remember specifically, so I had these two older boys, but there was no baby for eight years. And I remember specifically one day when I took my boys to the park. You know, I'd been committed to the word just real strategically, just gulping it in, just drinking it in. I had my my cards with me this day at the park. And all of a sudden, I just started laughing with my children. I, I remember that day specifically. I, I remember being raised to a level of enjoyment that I hadn't had in years. And there was another mom at the playground. I could tell she was a very different woman than I was. And in that moment, that same day that I began to enjoy, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, Carol, go talk to her. So I started talking to her and she had kids about my age and we started engaging. And I asked her if she went to church and she said they were looking for a church. And I invited her to our church. They started going. She became my husband's administrative assistant. We've done conferences together. we we have a conference um, stand that we love doing together called the Gospel in Black and White because we're different women, but we adore each other. And it was because there was a light in there was a light inside of me that day that came from the Holy Spirit that the Word had done a work in me that I didn't sit in the car while my little boys were on the playground. I could engage in life again. And listen, Stan, if it happened for me it will happen for your listeners. God doesn't make a promise he doesn't keep. He sends his word to heal us.
0: You obviously have lots of conversations with lots of people about spending time with God in his word regular basis. What are a couple of the more consistent hindrances that you've heard from people and uh, what do you encourage them as far as getting past that?
1: Yeah, well, busyness for sure. You know, stand in our culture, everybody is so ridiculously busy. So that's one excuse and they're, they're just excuses is all they are. The other one is distractions. You know, we're distracted again by social media, by playing games on our phone, by what needs to be done around the house. Those are the two big ones that I hear from women. And the other thing is I don't feel like it. Well, that's just an excuse. I I guess the fourth one I would say, Stan, is people will say to me, well, Carol, I don't understand the word the way you do. So when I read it, like I don't understand it. And you know, my response to that excuse is this, sister, brother, we don't primarily read the Bible for information we read it for transformation. So even though you don't understand a certain scripture, read it anyway, because it's doing an internal strengthening work in you. Even when your mind doesn't get it, your spirit gets it. It's like a vitamin to your spirit. And so I say, read it anyway. And honestly, Stan, before we open the word in the morning, We need to pray, Holy Spirit, will you teach me? Because the Holy Spirit is meant to be our teacher, right? That's what the Word says. And so when you pray that before you open the Bible, expect Him to teach you. Expect the Holy Spirit to show you things that you could never ascertain on your own. So put away the excuses in 2024. Let, let's have 2024 be a year of no excuses. I am not too busy to read the Bible. If you're too busy to read the Bible, you are too busy and you need to wipe some things off your to-do list. Don't let the cares of this world and the voice of this world tell you that you should be scrolling social media rather than reading the word. Whether you feel like it or not, read the the Bible. And pretty soon you'll you'll realize, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. I get to read the Word. And finally, if you don't understand it, ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation knowledge, because He will.
0: So, Carol, I'd love to to get your thoughts on, you know, just the different people are different. I've read books at times about different pathways, right, spiritual pathways and connecting points with God. Do you have thoughts about that as far as the personality, orientation, differences of people, and the different ways that They could approach god in his word based on their differences
1: now that's a fabulous question stan i was a homeschool mom for 25 years so i'm very aware of different people's learning styles people are generally visual auditory or what we call kinesthetic so if you're an auditory learner well then listen to the word go to you version and press the little microphone and listen to the Word. I often do that, Stand when I'm out on a walk, when I'm driving somewhere, I listen to the Word. Another thing is that it, it says in the, I think it's the book of James, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So there is a value to listening. Okay, now if you're a visual learner, which means you learn by reading, well then open the Bible. I, I still like holding a Bible in my hands, but when I'm waiting at a doctor's office, I read on my phone. I I don't play a game. I read the word on my phone. And and then the other type of learner is kinesthetic, which means you want to use your hands. You want to experience it. You want to activate it. And so for that, I, I what I say to you is, first of all, either listen or read, whichever works for you, but then act it out. Memorize it. Choose a verse this week and memorize it. And if the verse you've memorized is pray without ceasing, then everybody in your pathway this week, ask how you can pray for them and then pray for them because that's the word becoming living and active in you. If the verse you've read this week is about generosity, then give $20 to a single mom. Buy a gift card for your pastor, but engage a practical application because that's what kinesthetic learners like to do to whatever you've read that week.
0: Carol, what uh, role has journaling played in your life, specifically journaling on the word, writing, thoughts, Engaging God's Word through writing.
1: Journaling is part of my journey with Christ. I actually learned it when I was a young woman from Elizabeth Elliot, who was an incredible journaler, and I learned the value of it from her. I write down where I have read in the word that particular day. And then what I'll do is write a verse that the Holy Spirit really spoke to me through. It's a tandem effort. Um, you've got your journal, you've got your Bible, you've got the Holy Spirit. So Stan, this will be a good example. One year I was reading the word and I realized, what? The Bible talks about human emotion. And so for that entire year in my journal, every time I read a human emotion in the Bible, I made a reference. I made a list and I would put the reference. And Stan, what I realized at the end of that year was that there are some human emotions that are allowable, joy and peace and hope. Although they're not true emotions, they're more fruits of the spirit, but there are some human emotions like anger, that we get to experience, but with very serious boundaries. We get to be angry for 23 hours and 59 minutes, and then it's got to go. And then there are some human emotions that the Bible says, nope, they are not for you. Bitterness, anxiety, fear. Journaling that, it became a book. So there's no telling, but I would really encourage our listeners today, Stan, to go to the dollar store and buy a journal. And every day, all you have to do is write down where you read in scripture. And pretty soon you're going to see a theme that the Holy Spirit's talking to you. And it's going to be a beautiful historical remembrance. You know, God told the children of Israel to journal the journey, to write it down. And so I think it's an important part of our walk in Christ so that we remember what we've been taught.
0: As you think about someone, especially for the first time, endeavoring to spend that intentional daily time with God and His Word, and you talked earlier, you shared an analogy of working out, right? So, and one of the things that helps to work out is having a partner with you, right? So yeah, I'd love your thoughts about that as far as people endeavoring to really spend time, daily time with God and His Word, and finding a partner that could journey with them in that process.
1: Yeah, so Stan, I have several friends, all women, they're like sisters to me. And we check up on each other. We ask hard questions. We say, have you read your Bible today? What has the Lord been teaching you in scripture? what are you praying for? What devotional are you going to do this year? Both groups of women, we do a devotional together every year and we communicate about it, usually via text. We might meet once a month by Zoom, but that has enhanced my walk in Christ. We were never called to do the Christian walk alone. That's why we're called brothers and sisters. You're my brother. And and I have an accountability, you and I have an accountability to one another in Christ to call one another higher. So if you struggle with this personal discipline, I'd encourage you to call a friend in the faith, maybe somebody who's a little bit further down the pathway in their growth and say, hey, in 2024, would you walk with me? Can we text each other a couple times a week? Would you ask me if I'm reading the Bible? Would you ask me what I've learned in the word this week? And one step further than that, Stan is that we memorize scripture together. So we're already deciding what scriptures we're going to memorize together every month. So we memorize a passage of about three to five verses every month. For instance, our first passage for 2024 will be we're going to memorize Psalm one, the entire Psalm, which I, I it's like five verses, I think. But, but every month we, we memorize and hold each, and you know what? It's fun. It's fun, Stan. It's not, it's not weird. It's not hard. We, We have fun together. Um, You know, sometimes we'll say, ouch, that was a hard morning in scripture, the Holy Spirit got me. But I think it's a lovely part of our life, this side of eternity, to encourage one another to be in the Word.
0: We live in a time where there's all this information that comes our way, a word that has become extremely popular these days is misinformation. Uh, Apart from God's word, like pretty much virtually anything could be misinformation, disinformation, something that we can't really base our lives on. But man, the word of God, talk about a place that you can go for absolute truth and reliability and can put your roots deep and build your life on it. So I close our time just talking about the word of God and the inerrant dependability, reliability timelessness of the Word of God?
1: Peter is my favorite disciple, probably because I'm so much like him. I tend to speak before I think. I'm a little bit impetuous. I'm very emotional, stubborn, opinionated. I've never cut off a soldier's ear. <laughs> I'm a whole lot like Peter. And so I decided to do a deep dive into the book of 1 Peter. I just wanted to see what my favorite disciple had to say to the early church. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, Peter says, through the unction of the Holy Spirit, for you've been born again not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, the living and enduring word of God. And so Peter reminds us that we've been born into the opportunity to partner with something that never changes. It never fades away. And as I read that verse, Stan, I was an English major in college. And I realized when I tried to read Beowulf, like I couldn't even read it. It was like a foreign language, supposed to be the premier piece of poetry ever written. When I tried to read Shakespeare, no, I can't do it. But the Bible's not like those pieces of literature. It's living and enduring. It has juice for us today. In Isaiah, it says that the word does not return void, but it accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent forth. There's um, a timelessness to the word that we cannot ignore. So let's go back to 1 Peter. So Peter was writing to a group of bruised, battered, bullied Christians by the culture. Sounds like today, doesn't it? Peter was writing to people who were going to be eaten alive by lions. And burned at the stake. Now, hopefully that won't happen to us, but we are eaten alive by the media. We're, we're mocked. And so what did Peter say? What does the living, enduring word of God say to a group of people like that? It says, rejoice. It says, keep singing. It says, don't let anything steal your song. So the word of God has a timelessness and a wisdom that's applicable to any period in history. So don't close your Bibles, open them up in 2024 and see what God will say to you. You know what? The Lord wants to speak to you more than you want to listen. And the way it starts is by opening your Bible.
0: Well, Carol, this has been such a wonderful morning. Your love for God's word, as I've said, is really contagious. So thanks for encouraging us this morning.
1: Thanks for having me.